0: you've Got your Bibles, Hebrews 11. Uh, you know, if you live life a little bit, uh, amen, you're going to agree with what I'm saying this morning, and that is uh, life is filled with all kinds of different pressures. Can you say amen? Uh, life is full of different pressures, and we talk about school. If you're in school this morning, you know, this, uh, the pressure of school, you know, tests are coming up, uh, work needs to be done. So, at a school level, even. Uh, uh, man you feel the pressure, but you know if you're in high school, the pressure's there because they're trying to teach you when you go into the real world, they the real world's going to be filled with all kinds of pressure. You have to learn how to do business and, and function uh, there's maturity. I mean you've know, you got to grow in life, a different uh, you know when somebody's five years old, you expect them to make mistakes, fall down a little bit, but uh, you know and, but when they're twenty years old, you don't expect them to wet the bed anymore. Come on. I got to mature in life, work, marriage, family, go on and on, talk about paying bills, ministry. Uh, life is filled with different pressures. As much as we may not like these pressures, it's these pressures that make life work well for us. And I know sometimes we don't like the pressure, but we're getting our scripture shows us that sometimes pressure is what makes us do well in life. I was reading about a typical uh, concert piano. Uh, these panels have 240 strings that are tuned, and when tuned and tightened, create a pull of 40,000 pounds on the frame. Now, with this tension, they say, uh, it makes beautiful music, but if you put too much pressure, it will crack and destroy the sound. But without the pressure, 40,000 pounds on that frame, uh, you're not going to get the sound. You're going to get the music. God, so it is in life. Amen. As uh, uh, As people, or under the weight of different pressures, amen, uh, we cry out to God, we, God helps us, there's a grace of God, and we're able to function and make life work well for us. So we're going to read about the story of Moses this morning. And we're going to see how pressure helped Moses, uh, or it actually shaped Moses to be the man of God he was. So a couple verses out of uh, Hebrews 11, verse 24. It says, By faith Moses, when he became of age, Refuse to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer afflictions with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I'm asking you this morning, God, for an anointing, a grace of God, give us understanding, I pray this morning, uh, God, let there be a cry from every heart here, God, when the pressures are on, uh, God, that we bring you in the arena, God, by faith, trusting you, believing you. Uh, God help us. I pray this morning. Respond righteously. Uh, give us dominion, God, by the Holy Ghost. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to give you a little history of Moses this morning. so We can understand his story a little better. Exodus one. Uh, amen. Uh, 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 they are told by the king, the king of Pharaoh or the king of Egypt. Pharaoh ordered all the Hebrew midwives. Uh, listen, if you see a male child being borned, when the Hebrew women uh, give birth as a male child, you are to kill that child. That was the order from the king of Egypt, but we know the midwives uh, feared God and they did not obey Pharaoh. Uh, out of this, Moses is born, and after some time, they couldn't hide him any longer. You'll destroy. Know the they put him in a basket uh, and send him down the river, Moses' sister Miriam, watching uh, what would happen to him. Uh, uh, Pharaoh's daughters at that time, uh, she's. Uh, Goes to the river. She hears the baby crying. She has compassion on Moses. uh, Brings him uh, into her house. And the Bible said that Moses is raised uh, in Pharaoh's house. And being raised in Pharaoh's house meant a few things for Moses. One, uh, he has the best education. Two, he's going to get the world's goods. Three, he's going to get a military training. Uh, He's going to get positions. He's going to have fame. So, uh, here's uh, Moses' life—he's pulled out of a river, uh, spared from uh, an abortion or spared by death. Uh, uh, he's raised in a in a prominent house, Pharaoh's house. So as Moses grew, though the Bible said God began to move on his heart. We know that Moses turned to God uh, and said he no longer cared about being called Pharaoh's daughter, uh, nor or no longer cared about the props, the blessings of. Of Egypt that uh, he didn't want to be identified with Pharaoh, the things of uh, Egypt. I don't know, that's some pressure going on there. So Moses has to make a decision, or he does make a decision, uh, as he's grown up now, uh, I don't want to be identified as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Uh, I want to be identified as a man of God, a child of God. Uh, I don't want to be identified with uh, uh, Egypt anymore. So we're talking, he's making a decision for God, but in that decision you're making for God, there's going to be all kinds of pressure on him now. All of Egypt is going to be looking at him. Verse 24, Moses refused uh, to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Listen, she raised him. This is more than a physical thing. Uh, this is a spiritual uh, thing. Pharaoh, amen, they, uh, Egypt, they bowed down to false gods. They had a god that looked like a frog and a fly. Who would want to bow down to that anyway? Uh, But they had statues that, you know, they bowed down to this. And Moses said, I'm not going to run anymore. God's moving on my heart. Uh, I don't want to be identified with uh, Egypt anymore. God began to move on him about his people, the Jews. uh, So he began to have a heart for God here. You know, before we can do anything for God, we have to come to a place in our heart uh, that says, I no longer want to be identified with the things of this world, the glory, the fame, the pleasures, but I want to live for God. And every once you have to make that decision. When you make that decision, uh, there's going to be pressures. I remember when I got saved at 20 years old, and uh, I said I no longer want to be identified with certain friends I ran with, uh, uh, the the clubs I went to, the things I did. Uh, I'm going to live for God. But I had all kinds of uh, pressures. People come around saying things, trying to pull me back in. I had to make stands. Uh, no, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to be a man of God. I'm going to stay home. Uh, uh, be a husband, be a, a father, and, and but I remember it wasn't easy. So we can uh, kind of imagine Moses, the pressure of Moses' life, and he said, I'm going to be a man of God. You know, the danger is we can be sitting here this morning saying all the right words, raise our hand in worship, but until you refuse to be identified with the world, uh, you're never going to understand what I'm saying. Until you say I'm not, I want to be a Christian more than anything in this life. Uh, You're not going to understand this sermon. Verse twenty-four says, "When Moses become of age, who knows? God knows timing." People have asked me, uh, "What's the right time to respond to God?" I believe the answer would be, "Well, God deals with you." Uh, So here's uh, Moses. God's definitely dealing with his heart. He responds. uh, and he makes a decision, I'm going to live for God, be a man of God, uh, so the time would be when God's dealing with you. Uh, Exodus chapter 2, verse 1, it says, It came to pass in those days uh, when Moses was growing. uh, So when Moses became of age, God began to deal with his heart. uh, We love to see teenagers live for God, young people live for God, but uh, I believe when an adult makes a decision, I'm going to live for God, uh, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. So Moses, we see in our text, makes a new makes some convert mistakes here. He said he went out uh, uh, in chapter 2. He went out to see his brethren and looked upon their burdens uh, and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, uh, one of his brethren, verse 12, and he looked this way and looked that way and saw no one. He killed the Egyptians uh, and hit him in the sand. Moses, the new convert, makes a bad decision here. Uh, instead of Praying for this guy, I'm just going to take him out. I don't know, it's not a good thing to do. But Moses' heart was in the right place. He's trying to defend the people of God, the house of God. I want to do what's right. Uh, uh, so we're not going to stone him here. Can you say amen? Uh, uh, he makes a bad decision. I'm sure Moses was able to do it all over again. Uh, he said, you know what? I need to pray about this. Before I just try to... He, remember, he had military training. you knew how to take a guy out Uh uh, before I react like this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray or maybe call my pastor and get some advice here. Uh, from this, Moses, we know, ran into the wilderness. He spends time, spends some years uh, uh, in the wilderness. But in chapter 3 of Exodus, God calls on Moses one more time. And this time is from the burning bush. Uh, uh, amen. And uh, Moses, with failure in his background, he's probably beat himself up a million times Uh Out in that desert, you know, I could have been doing something for God, could have been serving God, could have, uh, but because of what I did, I'm out here, who knows? But you know what, God, failure doesn't mean it's over. Thank God for that. Failure doesn't mean it's over. Abraham failed. Isaac failed. Jacob failed. Uh, But they all got another chance. There's people in here, maybe you failed. Maybe at some point, at one point, you say, "I'm going to live for God." You made decision, you made some stands, uh, but because of of life, you made bad decisions and you failed. Can God call you back this morning? Can God call you a second time and respond to that? Because uh, this is what's happening here: a uh, past failure doesn't mean forever run with God. Moses becomes one of the greatest men that ever lived because this time he response to God. We're going to look at it in a moment. Uh, when in response to God, uh, God was able to speak to him on some other things, and, and he began to uh, be a mighty man of God. You know, at his death, 40 years later, at 120 years old, uh, the Bible says he died full of strength, but the statement of his life is found in our text, uh, by faith, Moses. In other words, in the pressures and decision of life, Moses looked to God by faith. Moses learned, amen, uh, uh, through all the, uh, the, uh, the new convert pressures. Uh, I'm not going to be identified with the world anymore. I'm not going to be a part of Pharaoh's house. Uh, I'm going to live for God in the desert life, making decisions how to respond to the will of God. Uh, and we're going to look at that in a moment. But, but out of all of this, the statement of his life by faith, Moses, and I believe that's the greatest thing uh, that can ever be said over our life, that he or she believes God. I've seen them go through marriage problems. I've seen them go through problems with their children, uh, financial difficulties, but they're faithful. They believe God. I believe that's probably the greatest statement that could be made about somebody in the house of God is they, they believe God. They didn't turn and run. They didn't for, uh, you know, forsake, uh, but they believe God. Luke 17, Jesus says to all of us, if, any, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say this mulberry tree be pulled up by the roots and uh, planted in the sea and it would obey you. Jesus is saying, there, listen, if you have faith, that's the greatest thing ever. If you have faith, it can remove problems, uh, all these difficulties. Uh, uh, your faith can pull you through the hardest times, the most difficult times. Uh, so the greatest statement that can ever be made about our life, uh, as well as Moses, here, uh, that he or she believes God. Because, listen, faith is a powerful thing. Uh, And I say, if you've lived for God very long at all, and the pressures of life, you've had to make decisions. And in those decisions, uh, I'm going to believe God. With my finances, I'm going to believe God in my marriage, my children. uh, You have to make faith decisions. So I believe at the end of the day, uh, to say, hey, I've lived by faith is a great statement. Look, secondly, here at Answering the Call. Exodus 2 verse or Exodus 3 verse 2. So the angel of the Lord appeared unto him, talking about Moses, in the flame of the fire out of the midst of the bush, and he looked, and behold the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush is not burned, uh, and the, when the Lord saw they turned aside to see, God called upon him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. So I want to talk about calling for a few moments. It's one thing to be saved, but it's another thing to enter into calling. Uh, we thank God whenever when somebody responds and uh, comes to the altar and gives their life to Jesus. The Bible says all of heaven rejoices, and we rejoice with that. Uh, but the next step is calling. At first, when God began to deal with Moses' heart, uh, he made a new convert decision. I mentioned it earlier, by faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused uh, to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer the afflictions with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of Egypt. So these were new converts' decisions. He made uh, a decision, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to live righteous, pure. I'm going to live holy. I'm going to be identified with the kingdom of God. We all have to do that. But in, our, in uh, Exodus 3, we're talking about making a decision out for calling. So we're saved. Uh, so what do we do for there? Exodus 3. God is speaking to Moses about calling. I know God goes to this big display here. Bush is on fire, but it's not burning up. An angel speaks out of the bush. Uh, uh, so God goes to this big display to get his attention here. How many times has God tried to get your attention, my attention? God has a plan, a calling, a destiny for our life. Uh, but sometimes we gotta, God's got to shake us a little bit. God's got to demonstrate something. And God's doing something here that's going to get Moses' attention. A bush is on fire. That's going to get all of our attention. Uh, it shouldn't have burned up. It's like a tumbleweed. Uh, it should have burned up very quickly, but it's just a fire, constant flame. Uh, uh, and Moses said, saying, well, this is kind of uh, weird. Uh, he looks to that, and all of a sudden an angel begins to speak up. Get your attention, right? I mean, you're you're in the desert. There, there's a am I getting delirious? The sun too much on my head? Uh, no, God's speaking to you, Amen. In the house of God, can get like that. God can create atmospheres where He can speak to your heart. Uh, but how many knows when uh, God didn't uh, resp- uh, or, or go any further than Moses until Moses turned aside? Well, Moses said, "This is interesting, God." I, he, no doubt, He understood. This has to be God. Uh, uh, when he's seen the bush, now he's seen the angels speak. Uh, this has to be God turns aside. Uh, and when he turns aside, God begin to speak to him. And the same is true in the house of God. We can sit here uh, and say, wow, that's powerful. I heard God. But until we respond to God. And calling demands a response this morning. You know, God can go to this, this big display to get our attention. But if we don't respond... God's not going to go any further. You know, Moses didn't just turn aside. He wasn't just saying, I'm going to go check out this bush here. But, I believe when Moses said that, again, he's understanding this from God. uh, When Moses turned aside, he turned aside the whole heart here. He turned aside the open heart to see uh, Amen. what God would say, what God would speak to him. It wasn't just a casual uh, turn or turn of curiosity. It was a statement of the heart. Uh, remember when he got saved, he makes decisions. decision. I'm not going to identify with Pharaoh and the pleasure of sin anymore, but I'm going And here he's making a decision. His heart's turning to God. Uh, I'm going to see this great side. I'm going to see what God is doing. Uh, and when he does that, God begins to go further. Verse 5, God begins to command him. Uh, then God said, Do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, uh, for the place where you stand is Holy. One of the signs, the first signs of somebody responding to the word of uh, the calling of God, they can be commanded now. They can, God can speak to them. Uh, uh, they can uh, fall into rank, Amen. Where okay, if you're going uh, to be, if you're going to be in ministry, this is what you need to do. God says, take off your shoes, uh, take your sandals off your feet. Uh, if you're standing holy, he didn't argue with him. What are you talking about? I like my shoes. You know, I, I like to the, like them on my feet. God says, take them off. He said, no problem. I'll take them off. You're st- you're on common ground anymore. You're on holy ground. You respond to a holy God. Uh, I, I'm uh, you know, it, it, it frustrates me sometimes how some people respond to ministry, or respond to commands and ministry. Why? Uh, why are we going to do it that time? Uh, why? Why? You know, uh, just do it. Amen. Moses is able to be commanded here. Take off your shoes. No problem. You're on holy ground. Uh, two, uh, God can uh, uh, connect him. Verse 6, uh, Moreover, he said, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Abraham. And Moses hid his face. Uh, he was afraid to look upon God. So the second thing, God connects him uh, to people. We can't do this on our own. He said, I'm the God uh, of these people amen Abraham, Isaac, Jacob uh, uh, we have so he's connecting could God connect you to people you know people I go to this church go to that church. they got 10 churches they go to. No wonder you're not living for God. God connects us to a church of people uh, amen where we can grow and we can respond we can do something for God uh, uh, so God first command, second he connects you, uh, to a brother, and when I got saved and, re- and responded to calling, uh, I understood the value of our, our local church. I understood the value of being faithful to that local church. I understood the value of, of friendships and in that congregation. God connected me to people that helped me live for God, helped me serve God, helped me grow in the ministry. There has to be a value in what you're connected to. And third thing God did, we see in verse 7, God burdened him. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cries because of the taskmasters, for I know their sorrow. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hands of, of the Egyptians, and to bring them up from the land, to a good land, to a large land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to a place of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Pejusites, uh, Hittites, Jebusites, now therefore, behold, uh, the cries of the children of Israel has come up to me, uh, and I have also seen the oppression with the Egyptians' oppression. Listen to what he says. Come now. Therefore, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Uh, so one, uh, he's, uh, Moses be able to be commanded. Two, he's connected now uh, and now God can burden him. God says, listen, this is the burden on my heart. Uh, I'm placing it on you now. I'm placing this burden on you. Uh, and in ministry, you've got to be able to feel the burden. you got to be able to feel the burden of that. Uh, you got to be able to feel God's burden for souls to be saved, for the ministry to be developed so people can be reached. Uh, you have to feel the burden for this ministry. And God said, listen, this is my burden, uh, and I put my burden on you. So calling is more than just God spoke to me. Drives me crazy sometimes. God spoke to me. What are you doing with it? Well, I'm just waiting. So ministry is more than God spoke to me. Ministry is more than what I heard I, I heard from God. Uh, ministry is, one, uh, God commanding you. Two, God being able to connect you. Three, God being able to burden you. Uh, and when you've got them three things down, God can give you dominion. chapter 4, verse 2, God said, well, uh, what is that in your hand? Moses said a rod. Uh, God said, cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground and it became a serpent. Moses fled from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, reach out your hand uh, and take it by the tail. And he stretched out his hand, caught it. Then uh, it became a rod in his hand. That he may believe that the Lord God, uh, that they may believe that the Lord, their God and their father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Furthermore... The Lord said to him, "Put now your hand in your bosom uh, and pull it out." Uh, and he did. Became uh, leprous as snow. He said again, "Put your hand in your bosom again." He put it in, pulled it out. It was uh, like all the other flesh. The, he, this picture of dominion here. Uh, he has dominion over the demonic. Uh, throw your rod down. Becomes a serpent. How many know in ministry you're going to be? You're going to fight hell at times. The the, the enemy, the serpent's going to be there. But dominion is, grab it by the tail, became a rod. Uh, a rod is always a, uh, a symbol of authority in the Word of God. Uh, he has authority over the demonic. And uh, you get uh, God's uh, dominion uh, when you walk into ministry and you have these other things in your life. Last thing, he has dominion over uh, sickness. Uh, uh, pulls his hand out, it's completely healed. Listen, when you start getting that, that dominion, Ministry is possible. I remember mean, when I first started getting in ministry, and that's when Pastor Mitchell, Pastor Campbell, and our leaders were praying for the sick. I've never seen miracles before, and I begin to be challenged uh, in my own heart, my own spirit, to begin to pray for people. I begin to step out and pray. People, see, bats get healed, uh, migraine my, my headaches leave, and, and different miracles begin to take place. And, and when you get this kind of dominion, uh, it really does help you. So Moses has got some dominion now, but first, uh, it came out of he's, he's able to be commanded, uh, he's able to be connected and burdened. Uh, and now that there's a dominion from God. So talk about ministry today. There's people who have been saved here a little time. Uh, it's time to step up now. Come on. It's time to uh, say, I'm going to hear from God. I'm getting a ministry. I'm going to do something for God. Uh, because God didn't call us just to stay idle uh, you know, Moses, job yeah, was great. Uh, he got saved. He makes new converts decisions. I'm not going to uh, identify the world anymore. But that's not the end of the road here. I need you now to step in the ministry. I need you to hold up some weights. Uh, I need to be able to anoint your life where I can use you. Uh, and that's to every Christian this morning. Every man, every woman uh, needs to feel the weight uh, and respond to what God would want them to do. Let me ask you, has God called you? If so, what are you doing with that calling? You say, I remember God called me. What are you doing with it? I remember, you know, I, I've had people, they can tell me the date, the time, uh, at the altar, what it was. So what are you doing with that? It's one thing to say. It's another thing to be in it. Chapter 5, Exodus, verse 1, Moses went in until Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go that they may hold a feast uh, for me in the wilderness. And his ministry starts. Uh, So Moses gets saved. uh, Let's remember the process. He gets saved. Now he answers the call of God uh, in the wilderness. He he gets some things working in his life. God's able to command him, uh, connect him, uh, burden him, anoint him. uh, And now he's in ministry. He tells Pharaoh, let my people go speaking for God. uh, amen. So we're not called to be idle, but we're called to labor for God and do something for God. Moses is a good example here. You know, the enemy isn't just going to roll over and leave you alone. He's going to try to fight you. Verse 12. The Pharaoh said, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I do not know, the Lord, No, nor will I let Israel go. How many the devil's not going to say, hey, all right, he's in ministry you say, who cares? I'm not giving up any ground. Look at verse 4. But the king of Egypt said to him, why do you take the people from their work, uh, uh, get back to your labor? It's a flat no way. I ain't listening listen to you, Moses. Uh, I remember you, 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 you were in position, but remember you, you rebelled, you killed somebody, you took off in the wilderness. I, I ain't doing anything for you. Get out of here. Basically, that's the response. Verse 6, though. Pharaoh commanded the taskmaster to the people and the officers saying, you shall no longer give the people straw to make bricks as before. Let them go and gather straws for themselves and you shall lay on them the quota of bricks which they shall, which they made before, but they shall not reduce it for they are idle. It's turned worse here. Moses had responded to God. He's responded to the will of God. stands before Pharaoh. He's in ministry. Now everything seems to fall apart. Uh, instead of going forward, everything's going backwards. Uh, the same quota is demanded. Remember, they're slaves. Uh, the same quota is demanded. They're making bricks for Pharaoh uh, for him to build this city, but now they're not getting any straw. Go out and find your own straw. Go out and find your grass, uh, but you have to make as many bricks. So their eight-hour day turned into an 18-hour day. They don't you know they love Moses for that one. Well, stand, Hey, I'm I'm in ministry. Yeah, well, you just cost us. I you know sometimes like that, isn't it? You want people? Somebody can care less about you being in ministry. You know what do you do when uh, when calling gets resisted by hell? What do you do at this point? You stepped into ministry and things seem to blow up. People seem to be against you. What do you do at this point? It's easy to quit. Yeah, it ain't for me. I'm walking away uh, and just give it up. Chapter 7, verse 8. I'm going to paraphrase here. God spoke to Moses saying, When Pharaoh asked for a miracle, take your rod, cast it before Pharaoh, and let it become a serpent. And he cast his rod before Pharaoh, and it became a serpent uh, uh, before his servants. But Pharaoh's sorcerers also did in light matter, but Moses' rods swallowed up their rods, uh, and Pharaoh's heart grew cold. Uh, Moses didn't quit. He stepped it up. Moses didn't run back home, uh, cry to his wife, uh, I can't believe it. Pastor's mean to me. Or God let me fail or whatever. Uh, but Moses stepped it up. He, I'm going to pray and get the mind of God. He does. Uh, God says, take your rod, throw it down. Uh before Pharaoh, uh, we're in the arena here, we're fighting, it's a warfare. Uh, uh, his sorcerers, they do the same thing, but Moses' uh, snake swells them all back up uh, and turns into a staff again. Listen, when you got some authority, people see it. When you got some spiritual dominion, uh, the devil notices. Uh, uh, but listen, to have this dominion, to have this authority and ministry, you have to step it up. You can't run. You can't just hide uh, at difficult times. uh, Especially if you're in leadership, you're going to have to step it up. You know, the next 40 years of Moses' life, you follow it. He did the same thing here. He's leading God's people with dominion. He's demonstrating God's power over the demonic. Uh, 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 How many know ministry is not easy sometimes? Leading people's not easy. The Bible compares us to sheep. The sheep aren't the smartest people in the world, or animals in the world. They have to be corralled. They have to be, you know, the, the staff on the, the shepherd's staff it's, uh, has two things involved. Uh, one's got a point where it can poke them. Get moving, get moving, get moving. You know, people don't like being poked, but hey, you got to be poked. So like, go, move. And two, it uh, had a hook on the end uh, like the sheep tried to get out of the pen, he grabbed his leg, you know, and just he kicked and kicked it. But he's able to pull it back. They pull that sheep back, and God does that sometimes uh, through leadership. Amen. Uh, uh, amen. Sometimes you got to be, come on, man, get get your butt in order, get moving. Uh, that's how, hey, you got to pull back, whatever it takes. Amen. But. Moses got that because, listen, he stepped it up. Uh, and for 40 years, he's leading people in the, in the things of God, the will of God. Uh, he's not throwing it in town, quitting, but he's laboring. And God expects that from you and I this morning. I know this ain't your typical Sunday morning sermon. But there's people this morning at that, at that level. You've made the new convert decision. Now it's time to make another decision for some calling look lastly here at making right decisions. Every one of us, like Moses, is going to have to make a decision for salvation. If you're not here, if you want to get right with God, if you want to go to heaven one day, you have to make a decision. Moses, by faith, uh, when he became age, refused to be called to the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing uh, God. In other words, he makes a decision, I'm going to live for God. That's the first step. You're here this morning, you're not saved. Uh, You need to realize hell is real, the devil is real. Uh, If you don't get saved, you're going to go there and meet them all one day. That's where you're going to end up. uh, Amen. So if you want to be right with God and enter into heaven uh, and relationship, you're going to have to make a decision. I'm turning away from the world uh, and I'm turning to God. But we're also going to have to make decisions for calling uh, if you're saved. Amen. Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great site where the bush uh, is not burned up uh, amen so if you're saved you're gonna to have to eventually make a decision for calling or not again calling involves a couple things uh, uh, one uh, uh, you' connect you are commanded you're connected uh, uh, amen and uh, and different things begin to transpire when you're in ministry you know so many Christians those stop halfway. Give me a couple more minutes here. So many Christians stop halfway. They answer the call of salvation, but when it comes to making a decision to calling, they back off. They want to go to heaven. It's just doing something for God that bothers me. They don't say it in words, uh, but they say, I don't have time. I don't have the education. I don't have the talent. Uh, God can give you all that. In other words, I just don't want to do it because it's going to cost me something. And the reason people don't want to take a second step many times is because of the cost. Look at John 1, 24. Unless a grain of seed falls into the ground and died, it remains alone. Listen, until we die to uh, a ministry will put a death knell in you. Uh, amen. What I mean by that, ministry will put demands on your life. Uh, it will bleed you out. Amen. If you're going to be successful in that ministry, you have to give yourself completely to it. Uh, it's not a hobby. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a, I'm going a to run. I'm going to give myself to Jesus. Unless you do that, you remain alone. When people tell me I'm in ministry, by, but I I just I feel depressed, I feel horrible, that's because you're not dying all the way yet. You die all the way for the people, for that ministry, you will fall in love with it. You know, paying the price, dying to self, leads to fruitfulness. Jesus said, but if you die, it produces much grain. You know, when somebody's fruitful in their ministry, that tells me they've died to their self. When somebody's fruitful in ministry, they're starting to see some good results. Uh, That's telling me they've died uh, in the secret. They're praying. They're believing God. They're fasting. uh, They make decisions to pay the price so their ministry can be blessed. So when I see a ministry doing well, I know, without even having to ask them, they, they... They've paid the price, and now they're in love with their ministry. Look at Acts 2. Peter shows us that the reward is much greater than the cost. Verse 14. Peter, standing up, raises his voice and said to them, Men of Judah and all who dwell in in Jerusalem, let this be known to you. uh, Heed my words. Those who gladly received the word were baptized. And that day 3,000 souls were added to them. What a fruitful day, man. But if you know the story of that point, Peter died, didn't he? To himself. Remember, Peter made some decisions. Uh, I'm not only going to get saved. Remember, he makes a decision. I'm going to follow the Lord. Uh, And through following the Lord, he died to himself. Uh, He's watching Jesus be crucified. He watched all that go down. Uh, He was, uh, uh, you know, Jesus redeems him by the river. Uh, He died to himself. And now he's in love with the Word of God. He's preaching 3,000 people get saved. It even, it even goes better than that, verse 41. And they continue steadfastly. He's talking about retaining the fruit. Uh, and they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, breaking bread and in prayer. So not only did they get saved, he retained that. What a joy it is, amen, when people get saved uh, because of your labor. And not only did they get saved, but you see them make it in the house of God. They're making decisions, uh, Others uh, come to prayer. They come to outreach. Bibles say they're making it. What a joy it is when that takes place. As I said, many people won't make the second decision because of the cost. And two, calling puts God before you. You know, when you're called, i give you a little quick illustration. I remember I was in Punk City, called my first church. First church pastor. I'm fresh. I'm only 22 years old. Read my Bible a couple times through. Uh, uh, and, but pastoring is not always just preaching. So it's, I'm there one day, it's, it's freezing cold. It's, it's below zero, it's freezing outside. So anyway, uh, uh, we have a guy living above our church there, just a small building. And a guy called me and said, hey, listen, pastor, the pipes in the, the church is broke, and the church is being flooded with water. So anyway, I had a little old beat-up front-wheel drive. I, it was an old beat-up car. That's all I had. And, man, I'm trying to get I'm just spinning everywhere. I can't, I can't move. So when a guy in the church had this big full-wheel drive, you know, big old mudder tires, uh, I said, man, this guy's looking for an opportunity. So I called him up. I said, hey, man, can you go down to the church, uh, shut the water off, the uh, church's getting flooded. Uh, he said, no, I can't get out. I said, what do you mean you can't get out? You got that big old 4 wheel drive. You got the big old mudder tires. Uh, you'd be looking for opportunities like this. And he said, he would not. He said, I can't get out. I'm not going to take a risk of running off the road. So uh, I remember getting my little car. Uh, and I said, I don't have any tools. If you can make it in my house, you can borrow my pipe ranches and different things. So I get my little car. I'm spinning everywhere. Mona's with me. We're spinning everywhere. We're sliding off the road. We're getting back on. Uh, I get to his driveway. I slid in his driveway. I make it up there. He didn't even let me in. I'm all going to I'm freezing, you know. Uh, he handed me the pipe wrench and ranches. Uh, God bless your Pastor. I said, no, no problem. I go to the church. We finally make the church get there. But that's part of the price. Uh, Amen. It's not always just preaching behind the pulpit, Uh, it's putting the will of God first. I couldn't just say, hey, let it flood. Who cares? You don't want to go? Let it flood. My flesh wanted to do. But because of calling, God's first. I got to go. Even if I slide off the road a few times, I got to make it there. I got to get it ready. uh, And we got ready for service that day. But that's what you do when you're in ministry. Put God first. Luke 9, 62, Jesus said to them, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. These are people that say, when it's hard, forget it. When it's difficult, I'm thinking of me. Jesus said, you're not fit for ministry. then, Because you can't think like that when you're in ministry. Come on, stay with me, I'm about done. 1 Corinthians 9.27, Paul said, I discipline my body, bring it into subjection, lest when I preach to others I myself should be, become disqualified. In other words, if you don't keep this in your spirit, uh, this is why you see people in ministry, uh, for some time things happen, they get out, uh, they never move again really, because they disqualify themselves. That same spirit of God is not there with them anymore. Let me say this in closing. I want to challenge you today. There's people here. God's moving on your heart. Do something for God with your life. Listen, I got saved and I was 20 years on. 55, 35 years are flown by. And I'm sure the next 35 years are going to fly by. Uh, and the best thing I can say when I stand before God uh, is I did your will. I didn't just say, okay. Uh, I didn't just get saved and... And live, re, live the rest of the life what I wanted to do. I responded. Uh, and, I, and we're all going to have to stand before God. We're all going to have to, uh, amen, give an account. Uh, I believe the best thing we can do this morning, man or woman, uh, is just say, you know what, I lived for God. I was a minister. I did what I could. You know, when you involve yourself, that's when God speaks to you. I tell people, just get involved in something, get involved in cleanup. Just get moving in the church, because as you're moving, uh, God speaks to you. Moses is simply doing his job in the wilderness, uh, and as he's involved in something, God speaks to him. Uh, we see this in Acts chapter eight, verse five. that Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached on a big outreach here, preached Christ to them, and the multitude, of one accord, gave heed to what Philip said. Uh, you know, the rest of the story is casting demons out, but then the outreach, uh, they had a great time, but he's involved in something. He's involved. He's doing something for God. uh, And as he's doing that, verse 26, God speaks to him. uh, Now the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise, uh, go towards the south along the road that goes uh, from Jerusalem to Gaza. As he's simply involved in the will of God, God's able to speak to him about something. So I want to encourage there's people here at that point this morning. You're saved. But God said, now I want you to step into a ministry. You're saved. You're living for God. Thank, you know, all that's great. But Now I want you to take the next step. There's people right there this morning. God would speak to you. Let me close here. I talked about the pressures of life. Imagine the pressure that Moses was under even to make the salvation decision." He gets saved, and all the Pharaoh's house against him, all of Egypt's against him. But he makes a decision, and we salute people like that. They come out of a hard environment. You get saved. You make decisions. Uh, but listen, that's not the only decision you have to make. The next decision uh, is I'm going to answer the call of God. Uh, the pressure comes on you as well. Uh, as Moses goes home to his wife, I've answered the call of God. You know the story? Uh, he goes to his father-in-law, hey, we're moving back to Egypt Uh Going back to Pharaoh's house, God spoke. The pressure there. If you're right between the lines, uh, uh, all the decisions that have to be made there, not only that, uh, but for the next 40 years, we're going to be in ministry leading 3 million people across the desert into the will of God. Uh, that's His ministry. And listen, when you're in ministry, you just can't bail out. and quit because you don't like the, the atmosphere and the environment. So I want to challenge you this morning. If you're not in ministry... Pray about it. God speaks to you. Take the next step and get in. Amen. I want to bow our heads this morning.